Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Good morning, kia ora tato, and welcome to everybody this morning who's listening to the Wellington Jewish Community and Jewish Culture Program here on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. The big news, unfortunately, for the Jewish community worldwide is the invasion by Russia of the Ukraine because there are many thousands of Jews living in the Ukraine. There are differences in the figures that have been quoted because there are about between 200 and 300,000 people in Ukraine of Jewish descent. That is to say they meet the requirement of the Israeli law of return, but they are not strictly practicing Jews or living as a Jewish, as, with, with Jewish life in, in Jewish communities. And so th- that number is somewhere between 40,000 and 50,000 Jews. And it is those who are being most of most concern to the west of the worldwide Jewish community and particularly of concern to the State of Israel which is the Jewish homeland and which is making considerable efforts to do two things. One is to provide relief and, and support and food and shelter where possible for the Jews living in under, under Jewish communities in Ukraine and secondly, to see if they want to make a move, probably a permanent move, to Israel, which involves flying people out of Ukraine or out of surrounding countries if they have been able to escape from the territory of, of the Republic of Ukraine. So, so there is a great deal of effort worldwide from Israel, as I've just mentioned, but also from Jewish communities around the world to raise funds to provide food and shelter and whatever other help they can give to the Jews of Ukraine. And the New Zealand Jewish Council here in New Zealand has opened an appeal for funds to send to relief agencies which are dealing with Jews on the ground in Ukraine and has already raised, I think, over $6,000. You can contribute to this if you would like to by going to the website of the New Zealand Jewish Council, which is nzjc.org.nz, nzjc.org.nz, and there you'll find uh, the details of the appeal with the bank account number and so on. And it is an appeal which qualifies for the one-third uh, tax deductibility which is offered by the IRD here in, in New Zealand. And the, there are other organisations which have been providing ongoing relief to uh, Jews in Ukraine, particularly those who are Holocaust survivors or elderly whose families may have made Aliyah already to Israel and, and are surviving, subsisting uh, in their place, birth and so on. And it's very heartwarming to 
read about the support given to Ukrainian Jews through the ICEJ, which is a Christian organization, International um, Council of... Oh, I don't even know what ICEJ stands for, I'm sorry. Uh, but it is a very active organization in providing help and relief and where people would like it, uh, assistance to go to Israel. Oh, I've just remembered, International Christian Embassy for Jerusalem, but it acts uh, in the wider area of, of Jewish population in the world and particularly in Eastern Europe. And there are other Christian groups as well which have been tremendously supportive of the Jewish community in Ukraine and, and in other parts of Eastern Europe. So the Jewish community worldwide is really mobilizing to help the Jews of the Ukraine. And they are definitely under the same threat as other citizens of Ukraine, but uh, are able, as part of the worldwide Jewish family, to provide extra su support. The uh, fighting which which as, as I speak, probably either is ongoing or there has been a ceasefire, I'm not sure because I'm recording this a few days before you're hearing it today. But uh, the Jews, um, at least 40,000 of them, are elderly, men, women. There are also um, young children in orphanages and the support is very much needed because uh, the Russian invasion has involved widespread shelling and missile firing at civilian areas. The, as, as the tensions began escalating, I'm, I'm now reading from a, a report from the JTA, as tensions became uh, worse in November, some Israeli officials said they were preparing for a wave of mass immigration from Ukraine, where at least 200,000 are eligible to immigrate to Israel under its law of return, that, that, that's, as I mentioned earlier. So far, the, the wave has not materialized on the scale that officials said they expected, but the Israeli embassy, which relocated, along with other foreign embassies from Kiev to Lviv, in the west of the Ukraine has registered appeals from about 3,000 Ukrainians so far, this was a few weeks ago, who um, were not already citizens of Israel but would now want to immigrate to it. Another 5,000 odd appeals connected to reaching Israel came from people in Ukraine who are already citizens of Israel. Um, most of the non-citizens who contacted the embassy are married to Israeli citizens, so they have a, another different status for actually moving to Israel or fleeing to Israel, one might say. The, the exit routes from Ukraine are mostly through Poland, Romania and Hungary, all of which are absorbing a, a huge influx of refugees. I think I saw a figure that at least one million refugees 
have so far left Ukraine. And as well as those countries I mentioned, there's Moldova, which is a landlocked country between Romania and Ukraine that is often described as Europe's poorest. And among them are hundreds of Jews from the vicinity of Odessa, which is on the Black Sea, a very historic city and one with, with long, long Jewish history. And the, the residents there normally enjoy one of the highest standards of living anywhere in the Ukraine. The Jews who crossed over to Moldova had more help than the non-Jewish new arrivals who mostly came from southern Ukraine, thanks to the mobilization of some Moldovan Jews or their Ukrainian co-religionists. The refugees and the children are being housed in motels and provided with hot food and essential supplies by the local community, partly thanks to funding of the Nacht Family Foundation, a charity set up by the Israeli entrepreneur Marius Nacht and his wife Inbar. But that was um, a couple of weeks ago and, and the situation may have changed. But certainly, the, the uh, first of all, the Ukrainian Jewish community and then the Jewish communities of the countries which are neighboring Ukraine are mobilizing for all possible resources to help those who are fleeing from the situation in Ukraine. And the, one of the prominent organizations which looks after the welfare of Jews in the Ukraine, as it does in other Eastern European countries, is the Chabad organization based in New York, but, but uh, very much active in supporting Jewish communities around the world. And, and we have a Chabad rabbi in Auckland as well. So let's uh, look at one particular aspect of the situation for Ukrainian Jews. And I'll just uh, open it with a little musical uh, interlude. And how do we keep our balance? That I can tell you in one word. Tradition! 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 Because of our traditions, we've kept our balance for many, many years. Here in Anatevka, we have traditions for everything. How to sleep, how to eat, how to work, how to wear clothes. For instance, we always keep our heads covered and always wear a little prayer shawl. This shows our constant devotion to God. You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. 
But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Day and night must scramble for a living, feed a wife and children, send his daily press, and who has a right as master of the house to have the final word at home? You will have recognized that as being a song from the Fiddler on the Roof musical, which is based on the traditional Jewish life of, well, of, of last century, no, the 1800s. And the previous, the fictional hamlet of Anatevka is actually a real place which is currently serving as a safe haven for Ukrainian Jews. This was an article in World Israel News of, um, it's now three weeks ago. The classical musical Fiddler on the Roof introduced the fictional shtetl, or, or Jewish village, of Anatevka into popular culture. Novelist Sholem Aleichem, who wrote the book on which the Broadway musical and later movie were based, modelled Anatevka after his childhood hometown of Boyarka near Kiev. But today, Anatevka is a very real place and it's currently serving as a safe haven for thousands of Ukrainian Jews who are hunkering down during the ongoing Russian invasion. The town was established by members of the Chabad movement in 2014 to provide emergency shelter and aid to Ukrainian Jews fleeing Russia's military incursion at that time. That was when Russia annexed Crimea and, and fomented unrest in the eastern part of Ukraine. The decision to name the outpost Anatevka was made as a nod to the setting of the iconic story. Since widespread fighting broke out across Ukraine, Thousands of Jews have poured into Anatevka, which is some 27 kilometers southwest of Kiev. The Ukraine chief rabbi, Moshe Atzman, recently announced that Anatevka will provide food and shelter to any Jews seeking refuge from the conflict. This is a refugee village inhabited by thousands of Jews who fled Kiev and the surrounding area. There are elderly Jews, men and women, and many children, Rabbi Atzman's son Shmuel told Hebrew language media. We're close to Kiev, but here the Jews are more protected. We give everyone who comes a place to stay, give them food, drink, and other necessities. More and more Jews are coming all the time. Although the situation in Anatevka is relatively calm for now, Atzman described chilling scenes the blackouts and explosions that were reminiscent of the Second World War. This Shabbat was not easy at all. At the moment, we are not allowed to turn on lights and the road to the bunker is not lit due to the government curfew. Everything here is dark because there are lots of alerts that are going 
to be a lot of, there are going to be a lot of explosions during the night. So here, just to go back to the Fiddler on the Roof theme, is the song Anatevka from Fiddler on the Roof. Well, Anatevka hasn't exactly been the Garden of Eden. That's true. After all, what have we got here? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. A pot, a pan, a broom, a hat. Someone should have set a match to this place years ago. A bench, a tree. What's a house? Or a stove. People who pass through an Atefka don't even know they've been here. A stick of wood. A piece of cloth. What do we leave? Nothing much. Only an Atefka. An And that was the song Anatevka from Fiddler on the Roof, which related to the real-life shelter run by the Chabad community called Anatevka, near to Kiev. And you're listening to the Wellington Jewish Community and Jewish Culture program here on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM, the Wellington Jewish, no, sorry, the Wellington Community Access radio station, which brings you the news and views of minority communities in Wellington and has done since 1981. 
Turning to... Oh, no, there was one other thing I wanted to mention about what's going on in Ukraine, and that is the evacuation of an orphanage in Kiev of a hundred children who have all now been taken safely across the border into Poland and will very likely be airlifted to Israel. And that is part of what I mentioned earlier, the Israeli strong support for what is going on for the Jews, for what is going on in Ukraine at the moment. The the other topic that I wanted to talk about is related to art. And first of all, a report from the Jewish News Syndicate about a Belgium museum which has returned Nazi looted painting to Jewish heirs. Belgium's Royal Museums of Fine Arts has returned a painting to the great-grandchildren of a Jewish couple who owned the artwork before it was stolen by the Nazis, reported Reuters. Museum workers took down a painting called Flowers, painted by the German artist Lovis Korint in 1913, a month ago, and packed it for the family of Gustav and Emma Meyer. Altogether, the family is looking for 30 artworks, said their lawyer, Imken Gielen. This is the first that has been really identified, because unfortunately we have no images of the missing paintings. The Meyers fled their home in Nazi Germany in 1938, and went to Brussels before finally making their way to Britain in August 1939, according to Reuters. They were unable to take belongings with them, including the 30 paintings that were then looted by the Nazis. After World War II, Belgian authorities were unable to determine the rightful owners of the flowers painting and entrusted it to the museum in 1951, where it has been for 71 years. In 2008, the museum asked the public on its website for any information about the painting. The Jewish family's Berlin-based law firm reached out to the museum more than five years ago regarding, regarding the artwork. And the museum also opened two new rooms on February the 10th this year, one of which will address the restitution of cultural items looted by the Nazis during World War II. Well, you can tell by that report that the Belgian Royal Museums of Fine Arts is acting very honourably. Unfortunately, the same has not applied to many other museums which uh, have wanted to hold on to paintings which were looted during the Holocaust era and which they want to hang on to. And, and you'll remember that very impressive movie uh, about the work of uh, the, the painter uh, Klimt. Klimt. Sorry, I'm not, not on the ball this morning. Uh, and the woman and her family who fought, had to go through legal process to regain ownership of the painting from an Austrian art gallery museum. Well, the link with 
that the next item is the talk here in Wellington on Wednesday the 30th of March, 1.30 in the afternoon. It's at the Holocaust Centre of New Zealand in their series of talks, Lador Vador, from generation to generation. And this is the rediscovered art of Gertrude Kaudas. This is not looted art. In 2018, over 700 artworks were discovered in a house that was being renovated in Prague. They were hidden by the Jewish-Czech artist Gertrude Kauders during the Nazi occupation of Czechoslovakia. Gertrude was murdered in the Majdanek death camp, but her heirs in Aotearoa, New Zealand, uh, have been uh, active in uh, retaining possession, ownership, or legal rights to the 700 artworks, and they will talk about what this discovery means to them. They're, they're three siblings, um, I think living in Auckland and Wellington. They'll show images of the works and speak about their father, where the story began. The talk is, is open to the public and free, but you will have to uh, show a vaccine pass to enter the Holocaust Center in, at number 80 Webb Street. And you have to register at events at holocaustcenter.org.nz by March the 28th. So there will be obviously ongoing concern about what is going on in the Ukraine. And we add our wishes to those of everybody who hopes that the Jewish community there will survive and be able to either leave the country and go to Israel or to another safe place or stay in Ukraine but be protected and looked after by the world Jewish community. So until our next program in four weeks time, that's on the 3rd of April, uh, I wish you shalom and may peace be with you and uh, we hope that you will also be interested enough, first of all, to tune in in four weeks' time and also to go to the Lador Vador talk on the 30th of March in the afternoon. That's a Wednesday at half past one at the Holocaust Centre of New Zealand, 80 Webb Street. So, as I said, shalom to you all. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.